Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to the Big Wednesday Buckeye Talk. Doug Marie, Nathan Baird, Stephen Means. We're talking playoffs. It's that time of year. We're finally getting a chance to dig into this. The playoff committee had like a big meeting in April and said, hey, we might change this whole thing. And we just were busy. We didn't really have time to get into it. So we are going to go through it because. It feels like it might change. There's four years left in the college football playoff TV contract, but the college football committee said like, hey, like we may change it before the end of the contract, because if everybody agrees, there's unanimous consent, they can change the format and expand from a four-team playoff if they all agree before 2025. And they might all agree because there might be a boatload of money to be made. So they said... They are looking at like 63 different possibilities from four to eight to 10 to 12 to 16 teams, all kinds of varieties. We asked our tech subscribers what they think would be best for college football as a whole and what would be best for Ohio State, which might be the same thing, but may not be the same thing. So Nathan and Steven and I are going to go through like all the different scenarios and talk about what would it be like for the world and what would it be like for Ohio State? under these different number of teams. And at the end of this, we'll come up with what we think is the best format. And I will tell you, having plugged in some past years and how things would have worked, I have officially arrived at what I think is the best thing, which I think is different from what I have previously thought. I have a very concrete idea of what I think solves everything. I have the dates. I have the sites. I have the teams. I have how they're selected. It is practically infallible, which is, I know that's everybody's favorite thing. Oh, great. Oh, it's a two-hour podcast where Doug's starting off by saying he has the answer to everything. What fun this is going to be. Oh, that's why that's wrong. You guys are wrong. My idea is the best. It's going to be one of those. But yeah, you know, that's what we do. So, Stephen, did you? It's, it's a it's a day of the week. So. It's a day. Yeah. It's, it's like yeah. It's like we start with we said we say welcome back to Buckeye Talk. We say that was Buckeye Talk, and in the middle, Doug has strong opinions and yells at everybody who disagrees with him. What what do you, like? Why am I bothering to explain? That's what's going to happen. It's like it's a podcast. They people know. By the way, if if weasels could so, talk, I think that's what they would have sounded like. 
<laughs> Your guys' playoff idea is wrong. Stephen, did you did you come around? Don't say what it is, but did you come around on a strong opinion on what you think the playoff should be, how it should be I, formatted? I did. The way you sent it out to the textures, you you we had to rank them. I wish you could rank one as number one and then not start the next ranking until like seven or eight. Because it's so much better. Okay. Yeah. Nathan, did you come around strongly or were there a couple different ones you feel the similar about? I have a like a one and one A that I think I think one leads to the next but I, I want to go incrementally. Um, I have long been, well, we'll get into this later. I have, I've actually been probably the three of us. I am the one that is in favor of the most of the largest playoff, I think traditionally. And I think this process did help crystallize where I actually stand on that and where I am just in terms of like, um, like what's an ideology and what's a realistic thing that would actually be good for the game right now. Cause I do think that's important, right? That there's a, Oh, wouldn't it be great if there was a 64 team basketball uh, football playoff, just like there was in basketball. It's like, well, how would that work with the regular season? Well, are you going to play 20 games? Well, what are you going to take away? Right. There is the theoretical and there's the realistic and how it would actually be applied and theoretical's fun. Right. But then, you know, how it applied is when it was when I actually think it gets more fun. Like, what are you, how are you really going to do it? Cause we know they just did it. I personally did not watch any of it. But they just had the FCS playoffs this spring. I'm not so sure the FCS shouldn't move to spring football, frankly. I mean, like, they got a little run to South Dakota State, Sam Houston game. I mean, everybody in my timeline was going nuts about it. I actually know the guy who's the Sam Houston State coach was the coach at the University of Delaware when I worked in Delaware before I came here. I didn't care. <laughs> I mean, I, you know. I got stuff going on, man. I'm not going to watch South Dakota State, Sam Houston State. But if you love college football, I'm sure people did watch it. And that's a, you know, I I think that 16-team playoff has been very successful for that level. I don't know that there's a lot of complaints, Nathan, about, like, how that's operated. And so if if ever somebody says, like, oh, 16 would never work, right, at the highest level, it's like, well, it works at the other level. What's the difference? And it's a decent argument. Yeah, and it's 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 based on mostly conference championships. It's not based a lot on at large and, and things like that. And certainly, as you go farther down the levels, um, I've got friends that are huge Division three football fans, and it's kind of the same thing. Like it's it's based if you don't win your conference, it's very difficult to get into the postseason. And they people don't seem to mind that that much because the it, it does at the end of the day lead you towards a more le- legitimate champion. Yeah, it just seems like. FBS college football is the only people who can't figure out how to have a, 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 a larger playoff system. Well, but it's the, it's the only one that there there's a, a, the, the dynamics at division one, a are just so completely yeah. different the, 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 the factions that are all split out. It's, it's mm-hmm. yes, it's under one umbrella, but it's um, it's gotta be a big umbrella because everybody's standing pretty far apart. The, the problem frankly, is that, the highest level of college football is actually two levels smushed together. Mm-hmm. And so if you're going to say, well, let's just let all the champs from all the conferences in a playoff, it's like, well, that's not like, are you going to have a playoff where like the mountain West champs, the mountain West conference anymore, the Sun Belt champ is in, but like Georgia who finishes second in the sec is not because it's all conference champs. And it's like, it's just not realistic, right? Just because there's such a disparity. If you just broke off the power five and then had a second separate level, 
of the Mac and, and the Sunbelt and their conference, whatever. I don't even, seriously, are these conferences anymore? I don't even know if they are. They, you wouldn't, then it would all make sense. But that's where the problem is. It's like, you're going to put the Mac champ in, but not like the second best team from a power five conference. So that's the issue. So we'll get into all of that. We'll get into all of that, but let's start. I, go ahead, Nathan. I was just saying, and, and quickly, the, the lower levels of football are the ones that don't have to factor in revenue and finances to the decisions that they make as far as a playoff. They can base it completely on uh, some competitive equity or balance or whatever, yeah. whereas that's not an option for the FCS. They have to – or FBS. They have to care about money. Right. Right. And the bowl system. Mm-hmm. Which, mucks, which is the money, which is part of – Mucks part of everything money. up. The bowl system, you know – Served its purpose for a long time, but at the moment kind of gets in the way. Like, I like the idea of it. Like, I think if you just, if the bowl system didn't exist, it was like, hey, let's have the playoff games kind of at different sites around the country, like where it's warm and like people can go on vacation for the bowl, for the playoff game. I mean, like, you know what? That's a good idea. But like when you let the bowls like have too much power and it's like, well, let's just match up the best teams. And it's like, ah, the vacation spot really wants a team from this conference at their vacation spot. It's like, what are you talking about? We're trying to decide a champion. Yeah. But people from that part of the country have been going on vacation here for a long time. And that's kind of important. It's like, what do you mean? We're trying what, who cares who goes on vacation somewhere? So, but it, it, that also speaks to the duality of FBS football, because even within the big 10 conference, there's a, a huge disparity in how much those bowls matter. I thought you were going to also say, whenever I hear the word duality, I thought you were going to say that also speaks to the duality of man. Dude, did I even say it correctly? Yeah, you did. Okay, good. The duality of man, which I don't even know what that means, but I think it's things that smart people say. All right, let's get to the least popular thing. Cause I swear I saw somebody write this. I, I I'm really trying to be honest here. Cause I shoot you straight on Buckeye talk. I think there has been like one time in my life where I've written something that I didn't really believe in. And it was at my previous stop where I was a columnist and my boss like kind of made me write this column about like a little league team and how they tried hard and it made everybody feel good about themselves. And I was like, doesn't everybody try hard? And he was like, write the column. And I was like, okay. But other than that, like I do not write things that I don't think, like, I don't know why I would do, why would you do that? I don't care how many reads it gets. Because when you write stuff, sometimes you get crap for it. I can't imagine getting crap for something you don't actually think. What is the point? So somebody actually wrote this sort of after this thing came out in April that they met. And I think I I saw it somewhere. Somebody like, you know what? Let's just go back to the old system and let the polls decide. Are we so sure that that wasn't the better way? And I was like, does somebody really think that? So I put that among the seven options for our texters and it finished last for both. So what we asked the texters was what's the best playoff model, like in general that you would like the best that's best for college football. And a second question, what's the best playoff model for Ohio state, which might be the same answer as the first, or might be different. Go back to the old play your bowl games at vacation spots and let voters decide finished last but Steven, I had to put it in because I swear maybe I dreamt it. But I can't imagine somebody thinking it. You do not think it, Steven. You also would have put it last. 
Yeah, no, no, no. There's if matter of fact, let me change my my previous answer. I had number one, and then let's not start the ranking until seven again, and let's group everybody else from like seven to like twelve. Let's put no playoff. Let's let the old polls decide like the old days. Let's put that at like two hundred and seventy-five, and that might not even be low enough. That's that was terrible. Letting computers decide things that should be decided on the field should never be an answer. But not even computers, dumb yeah. humans. Computers, dumb humans voting. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's even worse. Yeah, no, no. They never had computers when it was just polls. The computers were involved when it was like, now we're trying to get the two teams to play each other. Nathan, can you imagine you as a voter? Can you imagine, Nathan, if you were like one of 62 people in the country that were actually deciding who should be labeled the national champion? Because one of two things would happen. Either it's so obvious you know, a cat could do it. It's like, oh, look, Alabama's undefeated and nobody else is undefeated. Guess who the national champ should be? Or it's impossible. It's like, oh, look, four teams have one loss and I'm going to decide this. Can you imagine if your vote mattered that much? Would you like that much power? Because listen, come on, playing God, kind of fun. Or would you have sleepless nights about that ballot? I don't know that I would have sleepless nights, but I would think it was a bit of a farce. I would probably I, I, I don't know if I would even want to be involved I, I, because it would be just such a joke. And then the, the, the extra joke on top of that is it's not it, the, 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 we, we recognize the AP champion in, 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 a, in a kind of a separate way throughout time. But that the one of the big problems was that wasn't the only poll. So then other polls would be out there. The USA Today coaches poll is out there. And if they pick a different champion, all of a sudden you've got two champions in one year. And I think there was uh, that was maybe kind of finally the breaking point. I think enough people realized that when you are an entity like the NCAA or like Division 1A college football at the time and you can't crown a champion, then you might be kind of a joke. If you if you can't figure that out, if you if you get to the end of the year and you've got one voting body saying one thing, another voting body saying another thing, and you've got no way to decide it, that's stupid. So I, anything that was a step ahead of that is preferable. Which is what has happened again when anyone's criticized. Uh, what was the old bowl thing before the BCS? BCS? The thing before the BCS. There was like the whatever. But anyway, whenever people criticize, it was like it came from such. It came from nothing. So it's like any attempt to crown a champion was better than no attempt. So that's, I mean, like, just like with the NCAA, everything with the NCAA is like, you're starting with the worst possible situation. So on your way to perfect, there's a lot of room for improvement. So, okay, that's last. Second last for both, for both for Ohio State and for the world at large is the two-team playoff, which is what we lived in for a very, very, until eight years ago. That's the world that we lived in, two-team playoff. And that's what people, people think, four, six, eight, 10, 12, 16, anything is better than two. But Nathan, two was much better than nothing. But man, two still left a lot of room to get things wrong. Because I often felt like there were years where there's kind of a clear number one and there's far from a clear number two. And that like you are leaving out, there's a really good chance that like the third best team in the country could absolutely win the national title and you're leaving them out and you're not sure why. And I think leaving out the third team as opposed to leaving out, opposed to leaving out the fifth team like they do now is a huge gap. 
often that third team is awesome. And sometimes by the time you get to five, it's like, okay, I get that they're a little ticked, but they can't be that mad. So I understand why nobody wants a two-team playoff. Yeah, I understand it too. I definitely don't like it. And I ranked it next to last on my list. And I, again, because I'm, I'm in favor for many reasons, uh, a, at least slightly larger playoff. However, I might push back on the idea that two is the second worst for Ohio State because Ohio State was pretty regularly in the BCS championship game. It was actually working out for them pretty well. And it kind of depends on whether you're looking at um, right now, this snapshot in time, or whether you're looking back over, let's say, the last 20 years. Right now, this snapshot in time, as we've talked about before, Clemson had kind of taken Ohio State's place as that frequent number two team, maybe, along with Alabama. So if you're looking at it just right now, I think that might color people's perspective a little bit as far as a two-team being two-team playoff being bad for Ohio State and Ohio State maybe being left on the outside of that a lot. But historically, Ohio State has had as good a chance as anybody to be the team that ends up as with one of those two spots. Steven, that's a pretty decent argument, right? Because like in the world where it's like, well, if you're going to have a two-team playoff, like the SEC champ is going to be in it every year. But Ohio State like has a decent chance like to be the second team, right? And guess what? In 2019, if there was a two-team playoff, guess what would have happened? Ohio State would have played for the national title. And guess what they didn't do in the four-team playoff? Play for the national title. So I, I get Nathan's argument. Yeah, no, I, that's a valid point. I mean, you got there back to back years, and you had another year earlier that you got there in a, in a trestle era for, for crying out loud. I do think that the only problem with the two team playoff is I only saw it work once, where like the two teams who clearly should have been in a national championship game and above everybody else got there from start to finish, and that was with Texas and USC. Any other year, the third best team in the country usually had an argument, and typically how the actual championship game played out only added fuel to that fire of whatever argument the third best team had. And the thing is, if you do have two great teams, it's not too much to ask them to win a semifinal before they get to each other. Right. Like sometimes I do think it's possible that when you have great teams, you can expand your playoffs so much that you just open up more possibilities for your best teams to get upset, which some people might like, but like, I like it when the best teams wind up playing, but to say, Hey, all right, if you're clear one and two, then take care of business, beat three and four and then play each other. But like, for instance, in 2019, there was such a clear top three with LSU, Ohio state and Clemson. Like, Ohio State fans could say, hey, I would I would have taken a two-team playoff there because Ohio State was number two, barely ahead of Clemson, but that would have been down to the wire. I mean, can you imagine the fight over that? And if it had been Ohio State third, undefeated, undefeated Ohio State third, not with no chance to play for a national title, people would have been burning buildings down, right? So, I mean, like that's the – as it turned out, Ohio State would have taken it, but it's not worth the risk. Just four is always better than two. Well, and it's hard to judge, but it would have happened last year. I mean, Ohio State already, was, there were some, I mean, we thought they should be in, but there were some saying they shouldn't be in at all. So, I mean, the same thing could have played out just as easily last year. I mean, so so the argument they, that got them in in 2019, they would have been on the outside looking in last year. Right. When the, the when, when the solution was everybody got in and you got to settle it on the field twice. It's like, right. well, who's, who's, better in this two, three matchup. Right. And you, it was a back-to-back years you played and back-to-back years, you figured it out. And that was m- far more preferable to letting computers and pollsters try to flip a coin. 
on two versus three. But to, to our point, listen, 2002 worked out for Ohio State, 2006, 2007. Now, we have talked about it. You know, I didn't go in the Wayback Machine for all of this. If you guys want to talk about some of the things that you played out, but we said there were times John Cooper would have been helped by a four-team or an eight-team playoff, right? That it's like if you're the kind of team that has great talent but kind of just can't help stumbling once every year, expanding past two is your mulligan. Right. And even like Ohio State in 2007, that lost to Illinois, um, they miraculously still wound up at number two and had a chance to play for the national championship. But man, you wouldn't have thought that. Right. And John Cooper's legacy would just, we've said this before in this podcast, would absolutely have been changed because some of those teams in the 90s, 98 Ohio State, might have won the national championship. And then you would not remember the Michigan State loss like you remember it because it would have been a bump. And it would have knocked them down to a three seed or a five seed or whatever, but it wouldn't have ended their championship hopes the way it did. Right. And then it's like, well, give them a mulligan and then with those players, let them go and they'll take their shot against anybody. So, um, you know, again, we talked about that if Urban Meyer didn't have a 14 playoff, you know, we'd be talking about like, I can't believe, you know, that Urban didn't win a title because, oh man, they were so good in 14, but that early loss knocked him out of the top two picture. And like, it, it changes the perception and all that really changed is how many teams make the playoffs. Steven. I wonder, I think 2020 is a good example to use. Just get, given how things worked out. I wonder who would have been in the BCS national championship game in the 2020 season, because Ohio state came into the season ranked number one or number two and pretty much everywhere. And they went undefeated. And for all intents and purposes, Clemson was not undefeated. So with the computer system left out an undefeated team in the national championship game, when those are the only two undefeated teams, even if Ohio State had only played six games to get there. Yeah, no, I, and part of this is I don't want to spend too much time on computer stuff because I think we're past the computer age. And I do think that whatever we get into now, this committee is going to decide it, right? And I think that is better because I think the committee can do a better job but I think people is better people in a group, not pollsters, people taking in computer data as part of their human analysis, as opposed to like pollsters who are sitting in their individual offices and then computers that are spitting out data. And that's all apart. Now we're doing all that together. We're, we are taking computers and humans, but we're getting in a room and discussing it. So I do think that's, but to your point, Stephen, if we were living in that world, we don't know what those computers might've done. And I do think even the committee that the whole Clemson, Ohio state, who's two, who's three, the last couple of years, the fact that you were putting in a top four, took all the pressure off. I mm -hmm. do think in a world where if you had been deciding the difference between two and three is a chance to play for a title and a chance not to, I think it may have changed who they made number two, right? Because I think it uh, maybe not, but it adds so much pressure, right? I mean, last year, if Ohio State had played so many, you know, like it just, whatever. Lots more gets factored in because you are saying yes and no. You're not saying who wears what color jersey in the game when you play mm -hmm. each other. The pressure is so different and pressure sometimes changes decisions, Nathan. Yeah, 2019, they would have had to leave out undefeated defending national champion Clemson. I think Ohio State very likely in a two-team world would have lost that argument yeah. based on that. Maybe, yeah. Based on that. 
So, okay. So nobody likes the two team. So we'll get to now the team, the things that are at least like in consideration, right? We have a 14 playoff, a 16 playoff where the top two teams get buys an 18 playoff, a 12 team playoff where the top four teams get buys and a 16 team playoff. We'll get to all those options next on Buckeye talk. Doug Maurice back with Nathan Baird and Stephen Means. If you want to, you know, get to vote on stuff like this, rank. You can be a tech subscriber at 614-350-3315. Something that we're doing now for the offseason to make sure we're providing good text content. Every day of the week, we're doing a football Q&A. We're answering one football question every day. Nathan and I are taking turns answering that. We take questions from texters. We send out the answers. And then Monday through Friday, Stephen's doing that for recruiting. So Monday through Friday, you're getting two answers. Saturday and Sunday, you're getting one answer on stuff you guys want to know about. Keeps the discussion going. Maybe it's like a fun, more of an opinion question. Maybe it's a factual question, right? Nathan's been answering a lot of stuff about transfers and what it may mean. Steven's answering questions about how the class is shaping out. What about this player? Are they going to get that player? That kind of stuff. So, you know, bang for your buck, four bucks a month. You get a 14-day free trial to try it out if you haven't done it. This question of the day thing, and it gets addition to all the other stuff we do, you know, a little extra bonus for you if you want to try it, 614-350-3315. All right. 16-team playoff is next. So that's, the, the, that's number five on the list of seven options. Clearly number five. People don't like it that much. 16-team playoff. I find it hard to rationalize why teams 13, 14, 15, and 16 need to be in. I don't love it. Does anybody want to push for it? Does anybody want to stand up for the 16-team playoff at this level of college football? I will say that I like the idea of someday – I want it to be – I want the the football I want college football to prove that it needs a 16 team playoff. That I think would be a really fun interesting thing. It is not there right now. There was a book that came out so a buddy of mine named Adam Davis used to be in um sports writing and now he's made the smart decision and went into becoming a lawyer. Uh, he was the first one that ever had this idea where uh, that I ever heard talk about this like do a 16 team playoff, you let in the 11 conference champions and in five at as you seed it one through 16. And then there was a book that came out called death to the BCS. It was written by Dan Wetzel, Jeff Passan, um, a guy named Josh Peter, and they laid out that same thing. Um, this has obviously been many years ago now, because obviously the BCS was, was still a thing. And I understand the concepts behind it. I understand the idea that in order for, to maybe start to close the gap that you're talking about, Doug, where there are two tiers of, of FBS football that you have to give more legitimacy. You have to give opportunity to those lower seeded teams, those mid major teams, give them a chance to actually get on the same field as these programs. Even if they lose at least just by being able to get on the field, that gives them a chance to recruit in a different way. gives them more legitimacy. I understand that, but right now the gap is so huge. And I think you would, you have to build towards something like that incrementally to go to that overnight, I think would be a big mistake. I think for one, that one in 16 game would not be interesting. Matter of fact, one in six, 16, two, 15, three, uh, 
14 all the way down, a lot of the first round wouldn't be interesting. And it probably wouldn't get interesting until we got to the semifinal anyway. So you're adding a bunch of games for players who don't get paid for one. You're adding extra games to your schedule. And also, I think the larger you make it, the less the regular season matters. And I think that's something that football will always be able to hold in its hat that basketball won't is at any level, whether you're talking college or you're talking pro, is that the regular season matters. And so adding 16 games and it's like, oh, I can lose three games now. But depending on who I play and how the committee ranks me, if I'm the number 14 team in the country, I still as a matter of fact, I'll take 2019 because 2020. I mean, it's weird. 2019, Michigan lost three games. They were nine and three. Iowa was nine and three. Auburn was nine and three. They deserved to be in a playoff and you didn't even win 10 games that year. No, but because you it's a 16 game playoff you're in. And so, which takes away from the fact that you lost those games. I just think that's too big of a number, but also what does that mean for the regular season? Cause if you add games in the postseason, you can't ask players to play what 16, 17, 18 games in a regular season as amateurs. You just can't ask people to do that. But again, that's where I think it's an important distinction is your 16 team playoff. The one that I just described, we're only letting in five at larges, which probably wouldn't get those Mm -hmm. nine and three teams in. Or are you just going one through 16 based on the current FCS, the current uh, CFP rankings at the end of the year? Yeah, the committee probably changes this vote a little bit. But then still, let's just say Cincinnati wins their conference championship. I mean, uh, no, Cincinnati is a bad example because they actually play Georgia pretty well. BYU. I mean, they won their con- they would have won their conference and gotten in, and still that wouldn't have been an entertaining game to watch. So here, here's here's uh, the thing. So it's it's too so you're getting off. The difference is like if who's the best team in the Sun Belt, right? Like if you're if you are because if it's if it's eleven conference champs and five at large, right? Well, five of those conference champs are the power conference teams, and then the five at large are going to be all power conference teams. So it's ten power conference teams and six lower level teams. Mm -hmm. So like the eight, nine game and the seven, 10 game are going to be competitive because they're going to be power five against power five. You know, then like if the American conference champ and maybe right, like maybe two of the other champs might be competitive, but as Steven said, the one, two, three, and four seeds are going to blow out 16, 15, 14, and 13. And I'm not sure what the point of it is. And to make those players from the best teams play an extra game that feels like a preseason game, right? I don't know to give the lower conference champs the chance to what lose to Alabama by 50 in a playoff game. Like I don't, I don't, to your point, Nathan, like I don't think they've earned that. I don't like it's, it's fake. Well, like you, but- you're, they're never going to win. So then what's the point? I think that's a tricky argument to make, though, because I would like I'd rather go ask those players. Do you want to go to a bowl game that no one's going to watch or care about? Or do you want to go play Alabama? I mean, they're going to say I don't care about them. They don't they don't they haven't earned the right to make that decision. But why does Alabama? That seemed like sort of what you were asking, like what you're putting them when you were. I just want to make sure I get maybe I had misunderstood what you're saying when you were saying that making them play a game that feels like a preseason game. You're no, saying Alabama. That more about us. Saying, than, uh, why does Alabama okay, have to okay, play the Mac champ okay. in the one sixteen no, game? When there's no, there's no chance. There's no – like everybody loves Cinderella's. This is not Oral Roberts, Ohio State, and basketball. There's zero chance. So why no, are we doing it? Just to like look good and be, quote, fair to every conference when there's there's nothing else that, that they're, they're, they're not – they have nothing in common. They don't play the same style of football. And to play that as a, quote, playoff game is disingenuous to me. 
there's no benefit for Alabama playing that game and they have everything to lose because somebody, well, of can course, get hurt, but of course literally. there's no benefit for Alabama. I mean, obviously, but is there, what's the benefit to the Mac champ? And, and like, so yeah. Nathan, I think to your but, point, is there a, is there a benefit to the Mac champ? I guess maybe, but it's not as, I don't think that benefit outweighs the neg the negative to the Al- Alabama players of having to play an extra game for no reason. The, the other thing that factors in here is money. Does, does a, does a setup like that then introduce more revenue for those smaller conference champions? And what difference does that revenue make for those conferences, for those programs? Does that help close any of the, the, the competitive gap? I don't know. I, this is more of a question I'm asking than an answer I have, but I think we can't pretend that right now, because right now the way it's set up, there is not a full share among football bowl subdivision teams in the way that the money gets split up. And you would argue it shouldn't be split right. up fairly because it's, there is a big disparity there, but once you start letting those teams in, then it does give them access to money in a way that they don't have right now. So, so there is a dispute. So I just don't think it makes sense to have it be all the conference champs. It's just, it's fake. It's pandering. It's pandering to, to teams that don't actually deserve it. It's like, Hey, we're having a 16 team playoff. And one of the teams that made it, is the 83rd best team. It's like, what are we, what are we doing? And a football game is so much more taxing than a basketball game. That's where the comparison just falls apart. It's just, it, it's not worth it. So then if you're going to do a 16 team playoff and you're not going to have the conference champs, well, of course you're going to have the best, the highest ranked team from the non-power five is of course in maybe two of them are in. Right. But then if you just go by the rankings, otherwise, right. Now you're getting into what you guys talked about before. You're getting into like three lost teams and like, what's the point? So that I did do in 2019. If you did a 16 team playoff in 2019 and you just put in the, the non-power five team with the highest ranking that year, it was number 17 Memphis. So you had to go one spot outside the top 16. So sorry to number 16. You didn't make the playoff. First round would have been number one LSU versus number 17 Memphis. Number two, Ohio State versus number 15, Notre Dame. Three, Clemson versus 14, Michigan. Four, Oklahoma versus 13, Bama. Five, Georgia versus 12, Auburn. Six, Oregon versus 11, Utah. Seven, Baylor versus 10, Penn State. Eight, Wisconsin versus number nine, Florida. Now, maybe you make some wiggle room in there to say, hey, you can't play a conference foe in the first round or whatever. Maybe you move teams around. I don't know if you don't want to play Oregon, Utah, or you don't want to play Georgia, Auburn in a first round game. So those are teams that like you would say, you know, they lost Wisconsin lost three games that year, right? They lost to Ohio state twice and they lost to Illinois the week before they played Ohio state, but they were still eighth, right? I mean, they only like, they lost to Ohio state who was the number two team in the country. They had three losses. Like, as much as like a lot of those teams like wouldn't deserve, like why does number 14 seed Michigan deserve to make the playoff? I'd watch Clemson, Michigan. Like, I'd watch Clemson, Michigan. That was the year that like Alabama, as the one year Alabama didn't make the playoff. I'd watch Oklahoma, Alabama, 413. Bama, Bama would be the favorite as the 13 seed yeah. in that game, even without I, Tua. I'd watch Baylor, Penn State as a 710. So there is like, again, so Nathan, like if you're talking money, right? <laughs> Do, the, do those teams, does, does Michigan deserve a playoff chance? No, I don't think Michigan's going to beat Clemson. So, like, they'd get in, they'd lose, they'd be out, whatever. 
but people might watch it. Like if you did a 16 team playoff, Nathan, that wasn't all conference champs, you're going to get a lot of big boys in there. A lot of years and people might watch it. And I think you could probably even go conference champs who finish in the top 25 of the, of the, um, the college football rankings or whatever. So that might get you a third team in or something like that. You know what I'm a saying? Third or a third non-power five, a second or third non-power yeah. five. Right. That, yeah. I think you could do that. And, and what you just laid out, actually, I hadn't gone and plotted it out like that, but it doesn't, that doesn't sound like a fiasco. I understand why people are going to cringe when they see those three team, those three lost teams in, but those teams are going off and playing bowl games right now that I don't think many people care about. All this does is like you get a bunch of similar games that are already being played as bowl games and now putting some um, consequence to them. Like those seven, 10 games, those eight, nine games, like those, those kind of games. Now all of a sudden, those are the games that are already getting played, but now all of a sudden they mean something. Auburn, Michigan, and Wisconsin would have been the three lost teams in, in that scenario. Everybody else was two losses or fewer. Right. And like Wisconsin, like we said, they had three losses, but two of them to Ohio state. So, you know, like it's, these are like legitimate teams and, you know, like we love, I mean, people love the non-conference matchups. Like when Ohio state plays Oregon, right. And like, we love all those cross conference early season games, a playoff like this is giving you a lot of that flavor, right? But like how often, you know, how I'm like, Steven said, number 13, Alabama might actually have been favored of number four, Oklahoma, but like Clemson, a three fourteen with Michigan Clemson Clemson's going to beat Michigan in that game, but like, it might be fun. It might be fun for a while. It might be more fun for Michigan than playing in the capital one bowl against South Carolina, right? They'd have to try. It's not just a walkover. I mean, you'd have to go out and, and play a game. Especially that Clemson team, at least for a half, it'd be interesting, even if the talent eventually wins out like it does in football all the time. And the question is, if you start doing this right now, and as we see more opt-outs, and a lot of people are talking about with the opt-outs for the season that we saw because of the pandemic, and that in the end, and good for the players, nobody's draft stocks seem to be that hurt by opting out are we going to see more bowl opt-outs? And if you create a world where there are 16 teams playing games that quote matter, as opposed to four, you know, now you would think you're going to have 16 teams going full bore, right? Nobody opting out. You're going to get a lot more full good games. Now, is that, are you putting that more on the player that like, hey, if you're a Michigan guy playing for number 14, Michigan, you're playing number three, Clemson. And if you opt out, right, and it's like, hey, your team theoretically has a chance to win the national championship. And you're like, man, I have been through the ring of this year. Like, we're not going to beat Clemson. I'm opting out, getting ready for the game. Now everybody's going to be even like, now people can be mad at you more than they are now. And they shouldn't be mad now, but maybe they'll, you know, right? Like, maybe we're putting too much pressure on the players, Nathan, but also, there's no doubt about it. That's the number one thing about expanding playoffs is giving more teams and more fan bases, more hope and more reason to go hard. And I think theoretically that's a good thing. No. And that, that's kind of always been one of my points too. the, 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 con, the cutoff that we have, especially in what we're going to talk about here in a minute, I think, you know, you said it before that there's, there seems to be a big, a, a narrow gap sometimes between one and three, very often a much bigger gap between one and four 
in the fourteen playoff. You know what I'm saying? And and right now that four through and the number changes every year, but there it, it seems to be such an arbitrary cutoff, letting that fourth team in over the teams that are sometimes ranked fifth, sixth, eighth, tenth. So anything I, I'm open to things that that reach a little bit farther down and include more teams because I think it it it, it gets us to at least giving. It, it right now people are frustrated i think by the same teams winning every year and i, I we'll talk about that about why that's dumb or not but at least it won't seem like it's given to them quite as much it, you might have to earn it a little bit more okay so in general 16 team playoff which would be better would it be open seeding with at least one non-power five champ and maybe as nathan said if you're a non-power five champ in the top 25 you're in so maybe there's one two three each year but it's not every conference champ. is it is that better or is it better have the 11 conference champs and five wild cards so which one of those would be better steven which is better if you did a 16 team playoff i like where you just rank them and if you have if you have two or three non non power five teams in the top 25, put reward them because they're clearly at least good enough to where they can make a game competitive rather than just have all 11 conference champs in. What do you think, Nathan? If I were doing just nerd college football, nerd fan fiction, it would be the first thing I said, the 11, the 10 conference champs and six at largest, but I don't think that's realistic. I think you would do the other one first as maybe a step to get to something like that. But you would, you would have to do the other one first. It would have to be incremental. And those three teams would have to compete the way that Cincinnati did with Georgia for a couple of years and maybe even get some wins for the other one to even be brought back to the table. Yeah. They would have to prove it. Like they, they have a little prove it time. Right. Um, I don't think they would, but it would be, you know, at least they'd have a shot. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So we agree that would be better in general. We just laid out what it might look like. Nathan, doable, like fun, like worth it. And again, like, I don't know. Would I don't think we're giving up. I don't think they're going to give up conference championship games. I know over time there's been like, well, if you do this, it's like it, being a conference champ should still matter. And I think abandoning that in the pursuit of playoff stuff I think I would rather just whatever you do, whack around off the playoffs and allow the conference championship game to be a version of a playoff in itself. So if you're going to 16 teams, right, that means you've got to win four games in addition. So the the teams that play for the national championship would now be playing 17 games like NFL teams. Is that, is that too much? Like, is, is that a reason to not do a 16 team playoff? I don't know that I'm that bothered by the number of games. Like I said, at lower levels, they, they play similar numbers of games. They, they play as many or more games than are being played in FCS right now. I keep saying FCS, FBS right now. Um, the other point I was going to make about what you said was, you again, we go back to where you can't ignore the money. And I don't think you can get to a point where you can argue that it makes sense to have to take away the, the championship, the conference championship game, take away Alabama against Georgia, for instance, even if it's for a second time that year, in order to have Alabama against Ball State. Like, you're, there's no way to make that argument. So that is the complicating factor. I don't think you can take away the conference championship games. You would have to find a structure that works with our existing conference championship games. And, and I, I, it would be hard to even take away any regular season games, I think. You would, it would, 
that's why I think incremental is what makes the most sense. If you build towards 16, because you're proving yourself financially every rung of the way as well. And then at some point you'll say, well, we know we're making this much money off of the playoff games. So it's worth adding another round of playoff games and taking away a regular season game or something like that. Let me ask this. I also just think 17 games is too many for amateurs. I mean, the NFL just got to 17 games and they, I mean, within like the last couple of months here, they just made that decision. Those guys get paid millions. College, college athletes shouldn't be playing the same, same amount of games as professionals when they don't get paid any money. So what about this? So they're going to make more money off the playoff deal when they expand, right, off the TV deal. And I don't know how this works with Title IX. I don't know the specifics of it. What if you paid the playoff teams? And it's like, okay, we're asking you to play more games. And we're making a boatload. But now you make money every round you advance. And I, I don't know how you do it. I don't know if it's every single scholarship player on the roster. I don't know. Could you break it down after the fact by like you're paid per minute, right? That everybody on the team gets at least $10,000, but the more you play, the more you make, I don't know. Right. There must be a way. And maybe you don't want to give it to them right away. You put it in a trust until they graduate. I don't know. But if you're asking a subset of teams, the best teams to play more games than everybody, and you're making a boatload off of it, could you pay those players? And it's not the schools. The schools, for whatever, you know, we know what reason. The schools don't want to pay the players. The schools don't want to be on the hook of, like, these are our employees. The playoff is paying for parents to travel to the playoff, right? When they did that, the schools aren't paying the teams. The playoff is paying the teams. And the more you play, the more you make. I like that. Where it's like you make the put, it's obviously going to be more than this money, but just for the sake of this, you make $5 for getting into the playoff. And then you make, you go up to $10 now if you win a game. You go up to $20 for another game. And if you win the national championship, it's like $30, $40. So basically, it just doubles the amount of money you make every time you move up a level. So we're asking, we're, we're putting more on your bodies and your brains. We're asking more of you, mm-hmm. but we're compensating you for it. Because we know it's a big ass because we know 17 or 16 or 15 games is a lot of games on a 20 year old body. Here's some money. I think it's the other reason why 16 is is too far to go to right now, just from a logistical standpoint, because right now at this point where we have players who are already speaking up and saying they need more protections and they need more compensation and things like this, if you were to then unilaterally, if the sport decided no, we're not doing that for you. And now you have to go play three or four more games a year. I, that ain't going to work. They, they, that's going to maybe break things. But I think you can talk about some of the smaller changes in terms of expanding the playoffs without really changing much of the load that's on players. And that's another reason why those are maybe the more positive way to go right now. And I do think you've, you've said this word multiple times, Nathan, which is incremental that the idea that they're going to go from four to 16 doesn't see Might we get to 16 one day? Maybe. I don't think they'll go from four to 16. So you've got to, you've got to ease a little bit. So, okay. Let's go to the next option, which was fourth in our texter voting, both for the best for college football and the best for Ohio state. And that is a 12 team playoff with the top four seeds getting buys. And This is my magical playoff formula. I have not thought this before, 
But as I sketched out what this would look like, I think this is it. I think this fits the schedule. I think it fits the current bowl structure. And in the end, the top four seeds getting by. So the teams that are currently making the playoff, they get buys now. Those four teams to win a national championship would only be playing one more game than they're playing now. And if a team that is seeded five through 12 wins the national championship, so they're playing. So if you win a national championship right now, you're playing 15, right? This would create a world where you'd have to play 16. The teams five through 12, if they win a national championship, they'd have to play 17 because they'd have to win four playoff games. But I don't know how often that would happen, right? That you're just like, oh, we're the eight seed and we made the national championship game. So I think you would very, very, very rarely have a team playing a 17th game but I think this answers a lot of questions that we have covered so far about who's in, who's out. Do they deserve to be in? Who's playing who? Are there going to be good games? I had not thought a lot about 12 before. I think this, I think even talking about incremental and four to 12 is a bit of a jump. I think you could get here right away. And so I will get into it, but Steven, where are you on 12 teams? Top four seeds get buys. It is third on my list as far as how I rank them. And the reason why is I think we have to build towards it. I think you can't go from four to 12. I don't think you can do that, but I think there's an intermediate step that can happen that can at least introduce the ideas that you've put forward with this 12 team playoffs where the top four C's get buys to where like, if we have that for four or five, six, seven years and people get used to that idea, now we can start expanding again. I think there's going to be at least two expansions in the next 30 years. And so there's a step before you get to 12 team playoff. Nathan, what do you think of 12? Well, especially after talking about 16 the way we did, I think it makes it – it shows how plausible it could be. I still had it below four on the ones that I would prefer right now only because, I, again, everything Steven's saying, I think I rather would see it incremental. I would rather see another step before we get there, but I'm eager to hear you kind of lay it out because that might – I hadn't really gone through, and I did this. I did six and eight all the way back to 2014 to kind of better compare those two in my mind. I hadn't done it with 12. So if you could lay it out, maybe that'll help me help crystallize it in my mind. Okay. So I did it for 2018 and 2019. So one of the things that happened is, so the one thing is you give the top four seeds a buy. So there's an incentive, right? For like, Hey, everybody made it. What's the big deal? Like the regular season doesn't matter. Well, not having to play a game is a nice incentive. Right. So that the top four teams, there is a race, right? There's a race for the buy that adds something to the regular season. And if you stumble along the way, maybe you still get in, but there's some kind of quote penalty for doing that. So I think that's that is better that a round of buys helps that. Number two is these like non the the non power five teams. Again, in my scenario, you're letting in one for sure. But we could, you know, if there's a if there's two teams in the top 12, you could let in two non-power five teams. But you're not making them play the best team in the country the first game. Which opens their possibilities, because if you're playing number 12, right? So in my scenario, in 2019, Memphis would have been the 12 seed as the number 17 team in the country. They're not playing LSU in round one because like that seems impossible. They're playing number five, Georgia in round one and it's not like they're probably not going to win 
but it's more hopeful, right? That I think it actually incentivizes the non-Power 5 teams because we're not sending you into a Bama-Clemson meat grinder in your first game. You're playing the fifth best team in the country. You might be able to beat the fifth best team. You're probably not going to beat the best team. So that's why I like those buys as well, right? You cut off, like the biggest problem with 16 is that if you're going with the conference champs, you're getting teams that that don't deserve. And if you're going just ranking 16, 15, 14, 13, come on. Do they really deserve? Mm -hmm. You know what? There's usually 12 pretty decent teams. And especially if there's a non-power five champ, that has to be in, which of course they will. Top 11 teams, that's going to be pretty good, I think. The games in 2019 would have been LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, and Oklahoma with the buys. The 5-12 game, it would have been 17 seed Memphis, would have been Georgia, Memphis, then Oregon, Utah, Baylor, Penn State, Wisconsin, Florida. I, I think those are pretty good games. In 2018, your games would have been, this is, and 2018 is the year that Ohio State didn't make it as a six seed. So, Bama, Clemson, Notre Dame, Oklahoma had the buys. It would have been number five, Georgia versus number 12, Penn State. I'd watch that. Number six, Ohio State versus number 11, LSU. I'd watch that. Number seven, Michigan versus number 10, Florida. I'm there. Number eight, Central Florida versus number nine, Washington. I'll tell you what, man, like that is a nice first round. And then you're setting up a second round of like Bama versus UCF, Clemson versus Michigan, Notre Dame versus Ohio State and Oklahoma versus Georgia. Like that is a fun playoff in a lot of ways. And then the structure, I think you could do the structure like this. You play the conference title games in the first weekend in December, like you did now. Two weekends later in mid-December, you play those four first round games, 5, 12, 6, 11, 7, 10, 8, 9 on, con- on campus sites. The better seed is the home team. Okay. Then on the January 1st weekend, you now have four games left, right? Theoretically, 1, 8, 2, 7, 3, 6, 4, 5. You play those four games in the four bowl games that are the non-playoff like they're that's in the rotation now how they have six bowl games and they're the championship games and they rotate who is the semifinals and which are the other four those the, the four that aren't the semifinals take those four games on the january 1st weekend and you assign them i think you could do it the higher seed gets to pick the game they want to play it geographically maybe just how they're related. So let's say we would have done that in 2019. LSU would have played Wisconsin. LSU picks the Sugar Bowl. Number two, Ohio State plays Baylor. Ohio State picks the Rose Bowl. Number three, Clemson plays Oregon. Clemson picks the Orange Bowl. And number four, Oklahoma plays Georgia, and they play in the Cotton Bowl. So those are your four games that weekend. Then January 10th, which is what the national championship game was, Instead of playing the national championship game, now you play the semifinals. And you play them in the two bowls that that year were the semifinal games, the Peach and the Fiesta, just like you normally would do. So that's January 1 to January 10. That was a nine-day break, a Saturday to a Monday. Then you come back 12-day break from a Monday to a Saturday, and you play the national championship game. And the only difference, you add that mid-December slate of the first-round games And you have a championship game that's like 10 days later than it is right now. And that's kind of like from a schedule standpoint, all that you add. 
and the best teams only play one more game. And I like the games. I think you get good quality games. I think you expand it to let teams have one mulligan during the year without it being let everybody in. You get all five power conference champions in, which like has to be whatever step is next. That has to be one of the things. This thing where you you're a power five team and you win your conference and you don't get in like we've got to get out of that world. Right. That's just not good for anybody. It does that. Man, it just fits. And we saw with the the compressed schedule this year. Right. That what with the championship, the conference championship games moved back. Ohio, there only was like two weeks, right, between the conference championship games and the semifinals. It was fine. Like, I don't think it's too much of a physical strain. I think you really ratchet up the TV value. I think it's fun. You have 12 teams that have a chance instead of four. Like, I, I struggle. I struggle to see a downside to it. Nathan, what do you think? I mean, I like it. I, I, like I said, I've always liked a, a bigger playoff. I think what you're laying out makes some sense. I think that it makes sense to give only four buys as opposed to giving eight buys and having like two play-in games or whatever, because just from a money standpoint, you'd want more games. Um, I do. I think that there will be some pushback by having the schedule stretch out that far, but it's, it affects so few teams. That's the other thing that it's, we always, we, we make these, these big um, declarations as in, well, you can't have every team in the country playing extra game. That doesn't happen. It's like only a couple of teams and those teams are compensated with money and glory in a way that usually makes them fine with playing an extra game. I also think it's important to remember Yes, there's a disparity, and, and this does make it, you're right, more likely that a, a 12 could beat a 5 than a 16 could beat a 1. But the other thing to remember is it's not about, we don't, we're not necessarily trying to create a thing where every game is a 50-50 coin toss as to who wins. Those, those first-round games should have to be an upset for a team to lose. And, you know, look at the NCAA tournament. Like, I don't think anybody thinks it's a travesty that, once in a while, uh, 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 you know, most of the time, you know, the Oral Roberts thing that happened this year, because there have been some high profile twos that have lost to 15s, I think people think it's more common than it is, but it's still incredibly rare that a 15 beats a two. And getting into a place where it's just the possibility of that happening, and it, it makes that once every decade that a, a 12 beats a five or an 11 beats a six or whatever. It's not going to happen every year. I think most years, those teams, those higher seeded teams are still going to win, but just having that element introduced to college football, I think is positive. But I just, I want those games to be a 10% chance of an upset, not Correct. a 1% chance of an upset. Correct. And is, I think mm -hmm. that's, that's a, an important distinction that that's where football and basketball are different. And I think this is sort of a compromise between those two. Yeah, There's a difference I, between winning a game 42 to 21 versus winning 177 to seven, which is what might happen a lot of times with these 116 games. Yeah, no, I just I, th I think we want to avoid that. But I think I think a 12 five mm -hmm. right is is, you know, like I, I think that makes a lot of sense. So, Stephen, what do you think of this 12 game setup like this? 12 I don't setup. hate it. I don't hate it. I, I like I especially like the buy part of it, because 
I mean, it rewards it, basically what well, we've entered a, a space now where there's three teams who are who have separated themselves from everybody else. And then what you're doing is you're opening up one more spot for whoever number four is, which in right now is just the fourth team in the playoff. They also get to join that group and earn that buy, which is becomes a lot more meaningful. But also, yeah, I do like I like this. I like this a lot. I just think there's a step between it. But I do think if we're here 20 years from now, I would have no complaints for me about it. And Doug, you said that in your 12 team, this scenario you came up with, the the highest seeded non-power five, the highest ranked non-power five would get in? Yes. Regardless? Yes. Or would they have to be in the top 25 or whatever? No, I think they would okay. get in regardless. And then, okay. I mean, if they're the low, then they're the 12th seed, right? Yeah. If they're the lowest uh, one. But but like, you know, the one year, like in 2018, Central Florida was the eight seed. You know, right. like they were that high. But And if two of them are in, great. Like, I think that could be if you say, listen, we're guaranteeing a non-Power 5 champ to get in, but if two of them, but that, and then otherwise we're taking the top 12. So if you have, if you have two teams of, who are non-Power 5 in the top 12, awesome, you're, you're both in. And it, it answers a lot of like the Notre Dame question and all that stuff. It's like, listen, like Notre Dame be in the top 12 and you're in. Like, I don't like, and if you're not in the top 12, you don't deserve to be in. Like a lot of that, like, it, you know, like yeah. just, I think it answers a lot. And like, for instance, in the 12 team scenario, in 2018, it would have been four SEC teams, three Big Ten, one Pac-12, one ACC, one Big 12, Notre Dame, and one, and then the, the non-Power Five. And then in 2019, um, it would have been three SEC, three Big Ten, two Big 12, two Pac-12, one ACC, and one non-Power Five. And like, I think, you know, like, I don't, I think, I think that's pretty good. Like, this is great. So in terms of like whether a 12-team playoff is good for Ohio State, a 12-team playoff is a game changer for like Michigan and Penn State. Michigan and Penn State should be marching to Grapevine, Texas to demand the 12-team playoff because 12, I think, is a lot different than six or eight because if you're going to lose to Ohio State every year, it's going to knock you down. But it's probably not going to knock you out of the top 12. But if it's a 16 playoff, it might knock you to seven, right? If you're doing a 16 playoff and it's the power five champs and one wild card, that's going to be hard for the second Big Ten team to get in. If it's an 18 playoff and there's only three wild cards and you're taking a non-power five, so there's only two wild cards, it's going to be hard for the second Big Ten team to get in. In a 12-team playoff, second Big Ten team is in all the time and sometimes a third Big Ten team. This this saves jobs. This changes entire perceptions of programs. I think like Kevin Warren should be in favor of the 12 team playoff. And again, 16 is probably too much, but I think it answers a lot of questions. Like being the second best team in a conference all of a sudden is like a really important thing to be because like you're in almost all the time. So I, I think this would be really good for the big 10 guys. I think this number changes recruiting. Because right now, because then it's, I mean, everybody's going to the same three teams, but part of it is because those are the only teams who are getting in and also having a chance to compete for a national championship. If Michigan and Penn State are consistently getting in and then they're like a class or two away from actually winning the thing, that might be the thing that flips Julian Fleming to stay home or Kyle McCord and Marvin Harrison and those guys to stay home. Or it might keep Texas away from like letting everybody come in and raid their state or it might improve Michigan's recruiting profile because now you can sell, hey, we're in. You just might be the class that like gets us over the top to start actually winning games once we are in. So this is why I think there's an interesting discussion to be had about whether 12 is actually better for Ohio State. 
And I'm not sure where I stand on this because on the one hand, you would maybe want to say, well, anything that raises the profile of the Big Ten and, and gives the Big Ten more respect will then in turn give Ohio State more respect when they still end up winning the Big Ten. So that's a positive thing for Ohio State. The other side of it would say Ohio State has separated itself in the Big Ten, especially in this very immediate slice of history, has separated itself so much in the Big Ten that it is beneficial to them to have the rest of the Big Ten still a tier below, and they get to stand alone in the 6-4-2 playoff version. And I don't know which of those I believe. That is a great point that like what's good for the league might be bad for them. Cause right now they're the only team in the conference. That's a legitimate playoff contender. Everybody else needs a miracle to get in. Cause you have to beat Ohio state to get in. And then also like basically be perfect the rest of the year. And in this world, it's like, you can lose to Ohio state, which is what they normally do and still get in. And then who knows what happens right now? The one thing is, cause like from the perspective of if there's a 12 team playoff, what is the world that like Ohio state doesn't make the play like doesn't make the playoff. Like right. they're in every year. Right. So like, that's, it's like, Hey, if you just want your team in Ohio state's been on the outside looking in of the current playoff system more than anybody, right. They finished fifth, they finished sixth, they finished seventh. They've been kind of screwed by being close and no cigar. The 2015 Ohio state team would have been a heck of a seven seed in a 12 team playoff. They might've won the whole thing. So from that perspective, you, I think Ohio State probably wants a slightly larger playoff because it gives you a little bit of a room for error. And you think to yourself, if we get in, anytime we get in, we've got a shot. But maybe 12 is too big because now 12 is letting everybody else in. We, if we're Ohio State, we're probably good with eight. 12 is opening the door for Michigan and Penn State, and that might be good for the conference, bad for us. And this is where Ohio State is probably envious of Clemson a little bit because it's like they're right there in the middle of what the SEC and what the ACC are right now, where Clemson is just kind of walking its way into the playoff. Now, obviously, they've proven they're good enough, but it's the fact that, you know, it doesn't hurt Clemson at all whether we stay at four or we go to 16, just because, let's be honest, with in 2019, the only other ACC team that was in the top 25 was Virginia, and they were 24, so they're not getting it anyway. So they don't have to worry about the recruiting element coming into it of Virginia going all over the place and going, listen, you can be the class that beats Clemson. No, but because Ohio State has Penn State, has Michigan, has Wisconsin, there's always some random other Western, Northwestern to a lesser degree, but all these other schools, they have to worry about who can use that recruiting model if they start getting into the playoff more often it is a little bit more of a it it backfires on Ohio State in the way it doesn't on either Alabama or Clemson because there's always going to be other SEC teams in the mix and there's never other ACC teams in the mix yeah 12 potentially gives more legitimacy to a third and or fourth sometimes Big Ten program it potentially gives more legitimacy more regularly to Cincinnati who's sitting right here and kind of lurking as that next tier down that's right down the street from you and now you may have to compete against in your own state in a little bit different way. Uh, a program like Kentucky maybe has a better chance of sneaking into a number 12 spot somehow than they do right now where they're nowhere close to being in the conversation. And that's obviously a place or, or Tennessee or whatever places you're trying to set up some footholds. So I, when you start factoring things in like that and like the wider footprint, I, I think there's a, I don't know how I would stand if I was Ohio state. Cause I also think there are a lot of benefits, but you don't need 12 to get in more regularly if you're Ohio State yourself. Eight is plenty. Eight gets you in. On, I, any year that you can't make the top eight if you're Ohio State, you're, something probably went really wrong, and maybe you're not even getting in the top 12. 
I think if you made a list nationally, like if this happens, right, if in a year they say we're going to 12 and everybody in the country says lifting the 10 college football programs that will be helped the most by an expansion from four teams to 12, I think you could argue that the top three teams nationally on that list would be Penn State, Wisconsin, and Michigan. Mm-hmm. Because they are the three programs where the Big Ten, like in the SEC, Alabama's blocking everybody. But like if you go to six or eight, the, the second best SEC team, SEC team is the top of the list of any wild card. So they don't need to go to 12. They're going to get in. And like, I guess maybe Texas would also be on that list. Like whoever Oklahoma is blocking, but Oklahoma is not as big of a blockade as Ohio state is. And in the PAC 12, there's not like one consistent team on top, right? That right now, like what's going to ever make Ohio state go away. And the only way that Penn state, Michigan and Wisconsin can ever become consistent playoff teams is by expansion but they probably need more than eight because losing to Ohio state might be enough to knock them out of the top eight. When you're going up against second place, sec second place, big 12, third place sec. Right. I mean, I, I think, I think there's a fascinating question here. Now, if you ask Gene Smith, like on the record and maybe off, I, re- I, I on the record, he would say, listen, it's great. More opportunity for our conference. We want that. And off I think he also might say it, Nathan. He might say, listen, we believe in ourselves. We want the other programs in our conference to be great. But listen, we don't really think they're going to be better than us. And like them getting in the playoff every now and then is not going to make them pass us. So good. Let them in. Right. I mean, I do. I think you make a very interesting point here, Nathan. But I also think Ohio State would maybe see it that way. Yeah, I do think that that would be as much as I'm playing devil's advocate. I think that's actually kind of the answer. Again, this snapshot in Ohio State history, you would say, we're Ohio State. We're going to beat those teams anyway. We don't care what they do. It's probably going to mean more money for us and maybe not change our trajectory through the postseason that much. So, yeah, what the heck? Let them all in. And listen, Stephen, in terms of like maintaining the importance of the regular season, when Ohio State and Penn State are playing or when Ohio State and Michigan are playing on the last weekend of the regular season, and it's like, well, what's at stake? Well, you know, the game matters. It always matters. But also the winner – is likely to be a top four seed and get a bye. The loser is likely looking at going to Georgia as the nine seed, right? In an eight, nine game or look, you know what I mean? Not in an eight, nine game or whatever it would be, but you know what I mean? Like there would be, there would be incentive because the buy the whole, like there, there is enough of a difference that I, it wouldn't just quite be that ah, we're in the playoff, no matter what the game doesn't matter at all. No, I agree. It adds to Ohio State's two biggest rivals in the Big Ten. It adds more to it because let's be honest. Part of the Michigan thing was always one. It's Michigan, but also also in a in a, in a perfect world, the winner of this game is going to the Big Ten championship game. Obviously, that hasn't been the case. So you add this added factor of all of you can't go to the Big Ten championship, but we've got three teams who are clearly playoff re- playoff caliber every single year, and now it's just you're tweaking your your standings a little bit. I think that's what the regular season becomes about now is it's not so much, you know, winning or just winning or losing the game. It's winning the game, but also looking good enough that we get the buy while the loser, even if in a loss looks good enough that we're not the eighth or ninth seed, maybe we're six or seven. Again, think about the money here. Now there's, there's the, the television revenue and everything that would go along with the extra tier and, and more teams sharing in that, but go look at your 2018 example, central Florida now gets to host a playoff game. 
like what that means for them as far as like gate and concessions and all that stuff. I mean, they have, there's revenue that I'm sure they'd have to share with everything, but the impact on that community and on that athletic program would be significant. And so now you start now, now imagine like, you know, Michigan gets to host a playoff game or, or Wisconsin gets to host a playoff game and maybe they even lose that playoff game, but like, that's still something getting infused into their program that isn't happening right now. What I do like about the non-Power 5 element of this is they kind of get to pick their seed to an extent, right? Because it's like, if if, if you're 12, you're 12. But if it's a UCF situation where you're 5 or 6, I mean, you're right. You get to host the game. But that's the incentive for the non-Power 5 is, listen, you can play well enough that you basically get to pick your seed. That there's there's enough stuff of like, well, being one of the top four seeds, that's a buy. That's important. Being a 5 through 8 seed, that's a home game. That's important, right? That you're creating these tiers. There's there's 12 teams getting opportunity, but there's three tiers of opportunity that still would add importance to the regular season. And we're always talking about, right, you can't – I mean, I guess the, the Big Ten has some SEC games scheduled now, but it's like, well, how are you going to get Georgia to play at Wisconsin? Well, you get it to, to do it because yeah. Wisconsin's the seventh seed and Georgia's the 10th seed and the game's in Madison. So I don't know. I just I, As I said when I started, it's like I, I, I feel like it checks a lot of boxes. And in the end, part of it is that like there's I still there's very little chance, I think, that somebody ends up playing 17 games. And that's uh, that I do think is a consideration. And I just I did, it would be hard for it to happen here. OK, I love it. I love to, I love the 12, the 12 game. Um, let's go to the thing that was the third most popular. For both, there's not there's not a, there's one thing different but in our in our texture voting between. What's best for college football and what's best for Ohio State? The answers were all the same, except at the top. The number one answer and number two answer were flipped in the two polls. But the number three answer for both was stay with four teams. With the four-team playoff, that was clearly the third most popular behind the six-team and the eight-team. Nathan, we've been doing this for a while now, right? We're getting ready to come up on a decade of this. Like, what do you think? How has the four-team worked? And... You know, the playoff committee said we had these meetings. We're going to have we might have a proposal. We might expand before the TV contract is up. So clearly they're getting a little antsy. Does it feel like was was four successful, but has run its course? Should they stick with four through the next four years? It was initially a 12 year TV contract. Where are we with the four team playoff? Well, I think the four team has been successful relative to the two team. For sure. I think people had legitimate issues with that, where I think the four team now, and this is why I keep bringing up that word incremental, because I think you move to a, to a plateau, you try that for a while, and then you see what the pros and cons of it are. And I think the one big con that is still lingering for people is the cutoff between four and what comes after that. So I don't really have that much of a problem with four. I think uh, if you're, I, I could listen to the argument that if you're in that four through seven, eight conversation that you didn't control your own destiny enough, you left it up to chance too much. And so if you get left on the outside of that, as much as it, it really does leave you out of something big, there's only so much you could complain about it. But there's just so many years where like, what is the, was there a significant difference between uh you know, Notre Dame and uh, Texas A&M and Oklahoma last year. Was there a huge difference between Oklahoma, Georgia, and Oregon in 2019? A big difference between Oklahoma, Georgia, and Ohio State in 2018. Like, you, you start to see 
there, there always does seem to be a clear three or a much clearer three than there is trying to line up four, five, and six. So that's when I look at it, I say that is still like the biggest problem that I was trying to maybe address with how I rank things. But I would definitely understand on the side of things where you're ranking it based on what's best for Ohio State. I also had fourth, four teams still third on both of my lists, although 12, the way you laid it out is, is compelling. I still had four where I is one of the top three options on mine, just simply because, again, in this snapshot of Ohio State history, if you're just basing it on what's best for Ohio State, this is two years in a row where they've gotten in as a as a top three, not even having to go down to the fourth seed and recruiting and what they're doing with especially in the most important positions on the field seems to be setting them up that staying in that top four. It's not guaranteed, but there's a strong chance of it. And do you if do you need to expand to help Ohio State? I think you could argue, would they be better off taking their chances with four as opposed to moving all the way to 12, I could, I could hear that argument. Steven, what, what do you have? What have you thought of four? Has it worked? Yeah, I think four has worked now from an Ohio state lens. Yeah. They got, they got screwed over by it a couple of times, but also they put themselves in a position to be screwed over because they lost games. They weren't supposed to lose. And the only, but outside of that, I think every single year, the team, we got the right champion, right? Outside of maybe 2015, where Ohio State probably would have won that national championship had the Michigan State game not happened. Every year, it felt like we got, if, when you look back on it, the team who won the national championship was supposed to win the national championship. And nobody felt like they were, and it didn't feel like anybody was actually left out. Unless you root for a certain team. Obviously, fans feel that way all the time. But from, a, from looking at it from a wise point of view, I don't think anybody was actually left out where I felt like had they got in, they would have been a team that won the national title. I want to say real quick, if you want to say the only basis for determining whether the formula works or not is does the right champion get crowned? I think four has been great. Mm -hmm. And if, if you could argue that because it's doing that, then all this other stuff isn't that important and they should just stay at four. Fourteen playoff has screwed Ohio State. And I have written that multiple times. They are the number one program in the country that has been screwed by the 14 playoff because nobody else has finished on the cusp of it three times the way Ohio State has. And they made the first playoff by the skin of their teeth and then won the national championship. And so, so like it, it, you only know what happens. So we say, well, you know, the team that we've had the right national champion because everybody who had a chance to win the national championship made it. I don't know. Maybe TCU or Baylor would have won the national championship in 2014. And they think they got screwed by getting left out, but Ohio state had to win 59, nothing as the big 10 champ in their, in their big 10 championship game to get in to then go on and win the national championship. If, if they win 28 to 14, they might, they probably don't make the playoff and then they aren't who they are. And to finish seventh in the 2015 rankings, fifth in the 2017 rankings and sixth in the 2018 rankings, I think theoretically four teams should work. Five power conferences and four teams in the playoffs is a problem. And I think that is a consistent issue, which is what will be the driving force to get us to a change before the end of the TV contract. Because how can we live in a world where it's like, go in your conference and then let it be a beauty pageant. 
And in a world where like Ohio State is pretty much going to win their conference, but that's not enough, right? That's not enough. Now, the couple times, you know, two of the three times they didn't make it, they didn't win the conference, right? They didn't win it in 2015 because they didn't make the Big Ten championship game. They didn't win it. Well, they did win it in 17 and 18, but they made it when they didn't win it in 16. So it's been a little messy, but they have been, it has been bad. I think if, if I was going to rank, honestly, if I was going to rank what's best for Ohio state, the fact that four team playoff finished third among what's best for Ohio state, I would argue that like, we have proof that that's not true. (laughs) That, That like, I mean, of any program in the country, it's like, listen, if you're Ohio State the last eight years, I'd rather have a 12-team playoff. I'd rather have a 16-team playoff. I'm not so sure I wouldn't rather have a poll because it's like we're not – you're not in it. And, and, and the most – I mean, to sit there in 2017, they thought they were in. They're the Big Ten champ. They thought they were in, and Bama gets in ahead of them in the four spot and goes on to win the national championship. We say the right teams made it. Ohio State might have won the national championship in 2017 if the committee picks a different team because the team that got picked ahead of them won it. And that, that is complicating the discussion right now because we had in the early years of this two four seed, two of the first four, yeah. a four seed went on and won the national championship. And since then, basically, the four seed has been an afterthought. Oklahoma, Oklahoma, and in Notre Dame last year, I I, I would almost put them in that category too. So until the four seed becomes more significant, I I think, again, that's that's where the, the break has happened. And I think is what is leading people to say, you're leaving out five, six, and eight at at an arbitrary designation because the four seed isn't proving itself to be worthy right now but is that a blip in history will we go back to a place soon where you get four teams that seem good enough to win a national championship or five but that hasn't happened now in such a, the, the recent history that i think that is is affecting the argument the problem is ohio state keeps validating why we need to keep expanding postseason play literally from but, the moment they won that first championship ohio state might be the is like the number one driver of expansion yeah. Like what has happened to Ohio State? They're clearly Every the best time. team in the conference. It's a really important conference. They're a moneymaker. And like Nathan, to your point, like 2018, right? Oklahoma's the four seed. And they play Bama in the first round. What was the score of that game? Is that a blowout? Is that one of those bad games? Because so, Oklahoma yeah. in 2018 got in as the 12 and one Big 12 champ at the four seed. And Ohio State was the 12 and one Big 10 champ and didn't get in and was behind two lost Georgia. And then it's like, Oh, Oklahoma was kind of a crappy four seed. It's like, you know, who might have been a better four seed than Oklahoma, Ohio state. They it was actually it, it was 45 to 34. 34. Yeah. It was actually a pretty good game. It was the, it was Notre Dame who clearly didn't belong as a three seed. They lost okay. 30 to three. That's Notre Dame. That was the year that I kept saying, don't worry, Notre Dame will lose. Don't worry, Notre Dame will lose. Don't worry, Notre yeah. Dame will lose. And though I, oh, Notre, Dame, Notre Dame went 12-0 and got the doors blown off in the playoff. Mm-hmm. But, but to your point, right, like some bad – but like there, there are three Ohio State teams like sitting here saying like, man, we would love to show you what a lower seed could have done and didn't get the chance. So, I mean, I honestly think – for Ohio State's sake, we, we, all the discussions we had, Nathan, about like 12 and 16 and who it brings in and whatever, 
Ohio State at all costs, at all costs, has to get out of a world where the Big Ten champ can be left out of the playoff. I think that is probably the best way to say it, yeah. Um, Again, because as much as I was just making the argument that four could be better, I mean, you can't assume that they they just have back-to-back great classes. I don't think you can assume that that's going to – you're going to be able to stay in that top four. Even Alabama found a situation where it couldn't stay in the top four two years ago. There was obviously injuries and things that happened there. So um, anything that gets you to – obviously, if you go back, every year, if there had been just eight, Ohio State would have been in every year. Correct. Exactly. So, So, uh, like, let's – and let's have this conversation about how people feel about four teams when this year – Bama, Clemson, and Oklahoma go undefeated. Oregon comes to Ohio State and beats Ohio State in Ohio Stadium as Ohio State has a quarterback making his second career start. Oregon trips up once during the regular season, but is a one-loss Pac-12 champ with a win over Ohio State. And one-loss Big Ten champ, Ohio State, is fifth. And we'll talk about whether a four-team playoff is is better than a 12-team playoff for Ohio State. Like, I'm not well, saying that's going to happen, but I'm saying, I mean, like, we all know how it looks. It's so easy for it to happen. Ohio State is the dominant team in its conference, but lives in a world where one misstep, and they don't make many missteps. Frankly, they don't. It's hard to go undefeated every year, but they live in a world right now. And now maybe, Stephen, to your point, hey, regular season matters. You literally can't lose. If you are a person who wants to live in the – if you want to make the playoff go undefeated world, which is where college football has been for a long time. If you like that world and any complaints like, Hey, you should have lost to Oregon in week two, then you don't want expansion. But if you want anybody to have a little bit of a hiccup, because usually what happens is you start comparing hiccups. And often when Ohio state's hiccup gets compared against somebody else's hiccup, Ohio state hasn't come out on top. So that's, that's why I just think the four team world is rough. I think the, the, what you're putting out there is a decent example. It's not even the best example, though, because that would still be measuring head-to-head, and one of the teams would have a direct head-to-head road win over the other one. So you could make a much easier argument that Oregon should get in. What the trickier thing is that's Ohio State's one loss, and now you're measuring it against an SEC team with mm-hmm. one loss, and it's maybe not even as, as a loss to a playoff-caliber team. It's it's you know one of those weird SEC losses or something like that. Or Clemson has one loss. It tripped up during the season and lost one weird game in overtime to a non-play. You know, like if they had lost that North Carolina game a couple years ago. Yeah. So now those are the one losses that are getting measured, and that that's the problem I think people have with the four team. It's like either you're putting those kind of really almost inseparable arguments for who gets in as the four, or four, five, six, seven, all look about the same and all have warts. And how do you, how do you differentiate those? Uh, both of those I think are not sitting well with people. But the, the, the Oregon situation is interesting just because, I mean, that's going to be Ohio state's uh, situation for the next decade as they start to add more of these higher name power five programs to their schedule. Like what happens if they've always done that. Comes they're not, they're not adding. I mean, that's what they always do. That's not new. That's, that's the reality they choose to live in, Stephen, because like when it works, right? I mean, they got in in 2016 because they went on the road and beat Oklahoma. That's the reason they got in the playoff. Right. So sometimes it gets you in and then sometimes it, it kills you. Right. But mm-hmm. but that's why I mean, but like I, I think like it's not going to be because it's going to expand. But like I do think the number one thing I think for college football is 
because if you just say win your conference, because again, if you're talking about wild cards, you didn't win your conference and Hey, this one loss killed us. Like, well, you didn't win your conference. Cause if you lose a non-conference game, but you win your conference, it doesn't matter if you lost a non-conference game. So if you get to a world, however you decide it, conference, do whatever you do, whoever wins your conference is in. And then it's a number of how many wild cards are we going to have? Right. I think we have to get there. And the number one, t- so for good at college football, we have to get there. So I would think like I put four then below 12, below 16, because we can't live this way anymore. And specifically, nobody wants to get to that world more than Ohio State does. All right, we'll come back, talk about the six team and the eight team playoffs. The two most popular choices. We're breaking down the playoff scenarios. Where should it go on Buckeye Talk? All right, Doug Maurice, Nathan Baird, Stephen Means. Let's just talk about these in tandem, guys, because they're basically the same. Mm-hmm. And I'll be curious which one you guys like the best. So the eight-team playoff is what people said is the best for college football as a whole, with the six-team playoff with the top two teams getting buys as the second best thing. For Ohio State, they said the six-team playoff with the top two seeds getting buys is best, and the eight-team playoff is the second best. Now, I guess if you're saying for Ohio state, it's better to have the 16 playoff. You're thinking, well, Ohio state can be one of the top two seeds a lot. So we want Ohio state to get the buy. I'm actually not sure how often they would be one of the top two seeds. And now all of a sudden you're like three or four seed Ohio state having to play an extra game while Bama and Clemson kick back and say, Oh, what a nice rest as we wait to play Ohio state. So I actually think the, the thinking here, guys, might be reversed. But Nathan, in general, how do you, did you order 16 playoff versus 18 playoff? I had eight as my number one choice and six as my number two choice. But they are pretty close for me. And I could see, again, word of the day, incremental. I could see them going to six with the inevitable conclusion that we're going to get to eight, probably in a pretty short amount of time. But I could see them take, saying one step forward, okay, we're going to get those those five and six teams, the ones it, it gives the option for a team that loses a game early and and comes on strong at the end of the season. Maybe their injuries or whatever early. They prove themselves to be one of the six best, and the, there's a strong argument to be made they're just as good as four, whatever. I could see that, but I, I think we eventually get to eight. I, eight seems really inevitable at this point. I think you make a good point that I, I, when I first looked at it, I thought, well, maybe you could make that argument for Ohio State that the six-team playoff would be better because of that seeding. They've only been a top-two seed once in the seven years. They weren't last year when they got to the national championship game. So I think you're right that, you know, but how, you know, the, the, the two seeds, Alabama, Clemson, LSU, Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, Clemson, Oklahoma, Alabama, Clemson, Clemson, Alabama, Alabama, Oregon. So uh, you would be further separating where Alabama and potentially Clemson, but certainly Alabama and Ohio State stand in the, the general tiers, I think, by giving those two teams, letting them continue to have these buys instead of and, and, and potentially excluding from Ohio State from getting them. Steven, what did you like better, eight or six? I like six better. I mean, the buy art is, is what it is, and I mean, whether Ohio State will get those that buy or not, it's. I mean, they're recruiting at a crazy level right now, and they might have the best quarterback in college football in two years. So, like, we'll see with that. I just but, like, but, the fact but that, not, but like, but not everything's about recruiting. Sometimes it's like what increases your chances of winning the national right. championship that season. You got to play an extra game than Bam and Clemson. Yeah, I, 
What I like is all five Power Five champions are in, and it has an at-large bid. And so basically, Ohio State, if you would have, if this was already in place, Ohio State would have been in all but 2015, where they were number seven. And then also, there's three other, there's three years where there's multiple Big Ten teams in it. 2015, the, the year they wouldn't have been in, it would have been Michigan State, and Iowa. 2016, Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan. And then 2017, OSU in Wisconsin. So it opens the door for stuff like that to happen, but it doesn't open it too much every single year to where I, where, where I think it opens it maybe a little bit too much to Ohio State's disadvantage with eight and 12. It doesn't do that with six. I don't see a reason how – I don't see how six is better than eight because one of the things that six would do is from a competitive standpoint and also a money-making standpoint is have uh, Alabama play one fewer game. <laughs> it's like, hey, we could have – we could have four games this weekend, but we're only going to have two and Bama and Clemson aren't playing. It's like, why wouldn't we want to have Clem- Bama and Clemson play? And I guess if we're going, so I would say either six or eight's better than four because we're getting all five champs in. What are we doing with the non-power five team? If we're going to six, is the sixth spot the highest ranked non-power five or is it a wild card? And I assume if we're going to eight, one of the three is a highest ranked non-power five and there's two wild cards or like, what are we, what are we doing with six? Do you think? So I'm not actually that worried about the non-power fives right mm-hmm. now. It's, it's sort of like when I was saying before that I would love in a, a world where we get to 12 or 16 and it seems like it's mandated by the sport. And I think the power fives have kind of been sort of building towards proving that I, the re- one of the reasons I like the eight team over the six though, is that, if a power five ends up in the eight, in the top eight, you don't have to do any kind of um, to kind of use the, the terms you were using before about like uh, pandering and, and where it feels artificial, like a, a, a power five that finishes in the top eight on its own merits feels like it belongs in that conversation. Like Cincinnati last year, UCF in 2018, those would have been top eight teams just based on where they finished in the rankings without having to do anything artificial. That feels like they belong and they get to go play their first round game and get thumped by somebody. But I don't understand pulling one of those teams up to get them into a top six over. So so going back and looking through history, like, you know, um, in 2018, Ohio State was the sixth seed. And I don't even know who the top now non well that year would have been well Notre Dame I guess you would include in the power five right yeah yeah so yeah. that wouldn't be one of the non-power five so I don't know who the top non-power five would have been in 20 oh actually it would have been UCF, UCF. so I mean it's 2018 UCF gets in over Ohio State as the sixth seed like I don't think that's necessarily better but I, I, I just think like- getting an, an eight team where UCF gets to get in they have to go play against Alabama in the first round but it gets them into the playoff you get to have your your say you get to have your shot at it but we do it without having to uh compromise and again pandering like you're you're you're, you do it without pandering and you you make them prove it without putting a probably uh unclearable obstacle in front of them to prove it i don't know that a a, a non-power five is never going to get into the top four right right Right. but eight I think that's a realistic goal right now, and it's happened two of the last three years. So you're saying don't put a non-Power 5 team in automatically, even with eight? Correct. I would not. I would say I think, now, now I could I could argue all five Power 5 champs should get in. Oh, you have the next to. three at large. If you're going to six or eight, that's a mandatory. I mean, that's not even mm-hmm. a discussion. Because if we're going into a world again, 
I mean, that, the conference commissioners won't go for it if there's not that. So any expansion beyond four, the five power five champs, regardless of ranking, are in. That's a sure thing. I think part of the, the conversation with six or eight just might be where you think the cutoff is of like legitimate people who could actually win a national championship. And I think for one through six is where it's that's real, where it's, you know, you've got all five conference champs and then you've got the best of the wild cards. Who's also getting into that picture as well, which most of the time is probably going to be a SEC school, but it can also include some big 10 schools, a pac 12 school, a big 12 school. Cause that, that number six spot historically has not always been an SEC school. It's kind of rotated. So it gets those six teams in and you're just saying at number seven is where the cutoff is. So for 2019, for that reference, that would have been Baylor in 2018. It would have been Michigan who had just gotten their butts kicked by Ohio state a couple of weeks prior. So I just think there's the, that's where the cutoff is, is after six is where you start to see a fall off and a gap between teams who can actually compete or not. So here's why I think eight is better, substantially better than six. I like, I'm not sure what the point is of six. Because I do think like 12 versus 16, I think the idea of like those teams earning a buy makes sense to me. But if you're only letting eight in anyway, and it's like you're just desperately trying to win your conference to get in, I don't know that you have to be handing out buys for like the, as a reward. And I do think if you're going six, you're not automatically putting in a non-power five. Nathan, I think if you go to eight, you've got to put in a non-power five automatically. And that is a little bit of a buy for the one seed, potentially. Right. And then, Stephen, the idea becomes now you're doing two wild cards instead of one. So it's like what's it's not it's not like you're adding like a huge gap of like all these teams that don't deserve it. Five champs, two wild cards that might include Notre Dame. If Notre Dame hits a threshold and if you go eight teams, the threshold for Notre Dame probably isn't top eight. It might be like if Notre Dame's in the top 12, they get one of the eight spots or whatever. They get one of the wild card spots. But if you do the non-power five and two wild cards, I, I don't think you're dipping too far down into like the teams that don't deserve to be here. So here's here's how I had originally laid it out without worrying about the the, the conference championships. So a good example here is 2018. It would have been Alabama, the one seed, Clemson, the two seed, Notre Dame, the three seed, Oklahoma, the four seed. So that's three conference champs so far, plus Notre Dame, uh, Georgia, the five, Ohio State, six. So that gets your big 12, big 10 champion in. And then. Seven would have been, I think, Michigan. Right. It is. Eight yeah. would have been UCF, but that does right. not get you the Pac-12 champion in. Right. So if you if you factor that in, and you also get the the um, non-power five in, then you would have been Alabama, the one seed Alabama against eight seed Washington as Correct. the Pac-12 champ. Mm -hmm. Two seed Clemson against UCF. Three seed Notre Dame against Ohio State. Four seed Oklahoma against Georgia. And that's a world where. You have to go to, to the ninth ranking to get the Pac-12 champ. You get the use, you know, the UCF as it they earned it anyway, but they would have gotten it automatically. And then your two at-large teams are Georgia and Ohio State. I don't like. I don't think anybody's arguing like that they don't deserve. And like they both thought they had a chance at the at making it because that year there was a battle between four, five, six, right? I mean, like Ohio State thought mm -hmm. they had a chance at four, they wound up six. Like I, so I think, think I think eight. In that scenario, and I think that scenario would happen a lot, I think is significantly better than six. I think the only question there is if there was no UCF and your best non-power five was like maybe down in the 12, 15, 20 range or whatever, which isn't happening very much. They're, they're, they're usually a, a bit higher than that. But does that team, should that team in an eight-team scenario where five power fives are locked in, regardless of where that maybe fifth one finished, 
then do you, because Washington would have been outside the top eight, do you automatically pull in the non-power five and boot out a top eight team like Michigan? Yes, because I think if you're, if first of all, if you're not doing it by pure rankings, because you're saying it's the five power five champs, you might have a year where the Pac-12 champs like 18th. It's like, why is a Pac-12 champ get in when they're not in the top eight, but the no non-power five team is going to get in if they're not in the top eight? I think you have to do that, right? And then as Steven said, it's like, well, listen, if you're complaining that like you finished in the top eight, but didn't get in, win your freaking conference. Because winning your yeah. conference gets you in automatically. And then I'm sorry, but there's, you know, there's only two wild card spots and the wild cards went to team four and team five. And then we had to go down for the champs. Like, that's the way it is, brother. And in 2019, you would have wound up with LSU as the one seed playing Memphis as the eight seed. Memphis was the number 17 team overall. Ohio State as the two versus Baylor as the seven. Clemson as the three versus Oregon as the six. Oklahoma as the four versus Georgia as the five. So LSU at one, two, three, and four are champs. Oregon's number six as the Pac-12 champ. The wild cards are five, Georgia, and seven, Baylor. And then Memphis is in as the non-power five team. And again, that's a little bit of a, of a reward for the number one seed. And as it stands now, you're putting that, because here's the thing, you're putting that non-power five team in into one of the bowls, right? Into one of the bowls right now where you often set up kind of a crappy bowl. So we're used to that. So if that one eight game isn't great because it's the best team in the country hammering a non-power five team, we can live with that because the other three quarterfinal games are going to be awesome. And it's a little bit of a nod, half a bye to the number one seed. I just think eight, I think eight is substantially better. Than, like, I don't, I know Steve, I'm not trying to like, I, I don't know what the argument is for six. Like, is it because you want to give buys? Is it because you think there's too many wild cards? Like, I don't No, I, I just I think there should be a reward for it being the number one and number two teams in the country. But, but if there's you're not right it, now. But there's none right, right now. Right, right. No, if we're going to expand. But if you're going to paint it in this way where, yo, it's not really a buy, but LSU's playing Memphis and they're probably going to beat them by 30 anyway. I can live with that. I think I think 12 is my first choice. And eight is my second choice. And I think both of those would be potentially great and significant improvements over where they are now. I think 12 and eight are significant improvements over four. And I think 12 and eight are significant bet are significantly better than six and 16. Nathan, do you is uh, sort of some. Agreement there, no? Yeah, I think I'm there. I think I've been – I think the way you've laid it out has given me a a new perspective on 12 that maybe I hadn't fully thought of coming into this. Um, Maybe still my only hesitation is years where you you have to really pull up that non-Power 5 champ into the top eight. But – I think again, as you as you're trying to say, well, why do we need to expand? Why does college football need to expand? What are the things you're trying to solve? I think it's that artificial cutoff at four, and I think it's also the the non-power five teams having any the group of eight teams feeling like they just have no voice here, that they are just completely left out altogether from even being in the conversation. And I think we're starting to see them be competitive enough that giving them at worst that eight seed. Is not like I was looking back, like 2016, 
it would have been undefeated Western Michigan, which I think was like 13th in the playoff seating, uh, yeah. the playoff rankings. 15th, the, yeah, you're correct. Uh, 15th. And the, but the team, because they were 13 and 0, that's where I got the numbers mm-hmm. mixed up. But the team that you're booting out was uh, Wisconsin, which was would have been fourth in the Big Ten. So it's hard for me to argue that, well, the fourth place team in the Big Ten has to get into the playoff. So right. I, that's what you're usually starting to, the discussion you're usually starting to, the argument you're starting to make there. I, and I guess I would listen to years where like, okay, well, if it's, is it, if it's Notre Dame versus the best group of five with, for the eight seed and you have to really pull up that eight seed, that group of five, you know what I mean? Like that, I think there's some things that have to be wrinkled out, but eight seems like a very common sense compromise to all of the things that people want to see without having to add an extra week without having, you know, things like that. And I do think in the end, just like the, 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 I think the playoff has been good. I think the committee is the right idea. I think they could change the people on it a little bit. I think they could be, have a more, more diversity of opinion rather than just being like ADs and former football coaches. Um, but the biggest problem right now is like one loss conference champs losing beauty pageants like Ohio state did in 2018. Mm-hmm. Right. That it's like, we know Ohio state's defense was bad, right? Ohio state's defense in 2018 was bad. And they almost lost to Maryland the week before the Michigan game. And they gave up 50 and that looked bad, but they didn't, they, they didn't lose. They, they won. They lost one game the whole year. They won their conference it's a big respected conference and they didn't get in. And it's like, like what? Like it's, it's weird. Right. I mean, it's just like, it's the power five. You win. It's like, Oh yeah, but not all the champs get in. They just have to get to that. So six does get to that. As much as I say, I like eight better than six. I like six better than four, Steven, like six, like you, that's like, I think that is, and that's why, like, you know, letting the polls do it and going back to two or whatever, or staying at four, we're lowest on all the charts. That is the baseline for this, Stephen. As they are considering this at all, the number one thing is the five power conference champs get in, and then what? And that will be better, and especially better for Ohio State. Yeah, because, like I said, Ohio State would have made it all but one year if we're at six. I think with me thinking six, it's me not caring that much about the non-Power 5 schools. And But the, the way you've painted it with, okay, they're eighth. That's their, here's Unless they prove otherwise where they finish in the rankings and they're six or seven, so you have to give them that spot. I can live with that if the non-Power 5 is going to be eighth on that list. And that That's how I wasn't thinking about it. I didn't care about that. All I cared about is the best of the, the getting all the champs in and then getting the best of whoever didn't win their conference championship, which can rotate every year. And the thing that six or eight really helps Ohio State because the second and it hasn't really happened. I, I, I right? Have we had a gigantic upset? Now I'm going to feel like an idiot. Have we had a gigantic upset in a conference championship game yet? That not like, in the playoff era. So like that's the world where it's like, hey, like Ohio State, you know, is cruising toward the playoff and loses to Northwestern last year in the Big Ten championship game. That kind of team would go, I think, to the top of the list of a wild card list. So that's extra insurance for Ohio State also. Um, but 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 then it's, it also really adds to the conference championship games because like right now, the way it works, if Northwestern had beaten Ohio State last year in the Big Ten championship game, they still wouldn't have made the playoff. Mm-hmm. Right. But now they would because we don't care how you, it's your conference champ, however you decide it. 
if you have a team on one side that has three losses, but they won their division and then they upset the other team and the, that's it. That's your conference champ. They're in like that adds a lot to it too. I think that's a bonus thing that like Northwestern, of course they wanted to win, but there was a ceiling on what their accomplishment could be. And if, if we go beyond that, if we go, we go beyond four, that's going to change Nathan. Well, yeah. Or, or 2019, a two loss Wisconsin team. If they had held on and, they held on to that first half lead and beat Penn State there, they're, or Ohio State there, they're going to the playoff. I mean, you know, th- this is something I think should have pretty wide appeal because right now, again, going back to that separation that there is in the tiers and FBS, most of the Big Ten, what do they care about the playoff other than please send the conference the money that it deserves when a team gets in? But like right now, a lot of those teams can't really ever realistically envision themselves being in the playoff. But right now, go to this, and it, it opens things up for people. It gives you that you only have to take your one shot to get in. And, and, and you know, Northwestern's a great example because last year, if they hadn't stumbled in the regular season, um, and they go in and they're 8-0 and they lose to Ohio State in a competitive way, that also puts them in a better chance to getting into the playoff in an eight-team scenario as opposed to a four where they still have no chance. And it also eliminates what happened in 2016 when Penn State won the Big Ten and didn't, didn't make the playoff it. and Ohio state as the non big 10 champ did make the playoff. And that was screwy, right? Like maybe Ohio state would, I they would have made it as a wild card that year, but Penn state would have been guaranteed to get in, which is how it should be. Possibly would have changed some seeds too. Cause if all the conference champs are in, I mean, Ohio state was three that year. Penn state was five. Maybe that's flipped now that both teams are getting in and it makes the Wisconsin seating in 2019 interesting because yeah, you lost to Illinois, but the first time you lost to Ohio state, it was on the road, but then you beat them on a neutral site. So does that change how you see these teams as well? So it does make seating interesting. So the college football playoff committee um, is meeting. They're expected maybe have something this summer that they might announce. Uh, Bill Hancock said in April, that there's not going to be a new format this season or next season. So it's going to be four teams for 2021. It's going to be four teams for 2022 that they have leaked this. Not even, I mean, like they said it publicly, they didn't leak it, but like that they have announced this, that, Hey, we're looking at it. They're going to change before the end of the TV contract. They wouldn't, they wouldn't do They're like priming the pump. Right. So I think for the 2023 college football season, I think they will change, and I think what they will do in the name of incremental is I think they will go to an eight-team playoff that is the five champs, the highest-ranked non-power five team, and two wild cards with some wrinkle to get Notre Dame in as long as they're above a certain certain threshold, and that's what we will have for the 2023 season. Does anybody else want to make a prediction on what will actually happen? I I think uh, this is a small point, but I think that Notre Dame thing is – going to be a bit of it could be a point of contention for some people because i'm looking at like a tw- in 2015 the eight seed would have been either houston which was like 18th in the rankings or something like that or notre dame which would have been in the top eight so who do you leave out right i mean i think you have to like if you're making an accommodation that the the champs right so the champs get in no matter where they're ranked and the not the top five the top non-power champ gets in no matter where they're ranked. The threshold for Notre Dame, I mean, frankly, Notre Dame can cram it. Notre Dame can cram it every way from Sunday. Like they can cram it a million times, join a freaking conference. I'm sick of the world catering to Notre Dame, but this is the way it exists. You can't have the threshold for Notre Dame be, ah, make the top eight, sorry, because that's not the threshold for anybody else. 
the threshold for everybody else is win your conference mm-hmm. or win your conference and be the highest ranked non-Power 5 team. It's not top eight. So I, you have to decide what the Notre Dame threshold is. Is it top 12? Is it top 14? Is it as long as they are ranked higher than the lowest ranked power conference champ, right? Then they're in automatically. Like if Washington wins the Pac-12 and is 13th and Notre Dame is 11th, then Notre Dame makes it. They take one of the wild card spots. Like you could do that, right? But Nathan, they got to figure something out. Yeah, I kind of think that any year that they're in the top eight, Regard, they should probably get in. If they if they just happen to be an at-large, it isn't bumping somebody out. The 2015 is the only example I came up with where they would have been bumping somebody out, and it would have been the non-Power 5 champ that happened to be so lowly ranked. You said by 2023, though, you think they'll expand, Doug? Yeah. Okay. I mean, Notre Dame could just make this very easy for themselves by just, like, going one and one when they play Ohio State and Clemson that year. Win one of those games. No, but they're not going to leave it to chance. They're not going to allow themselves to be treated like everybody else. They're going to want special consideration. <laughs> That's true. That's well, true. So, Again, this is where Notre the Dame privilege is real. I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a program that gets treated differently sometimes for a reason. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a threshold that you can make that, like, guarantees that they're really good, but is, you know, because there's a world, right? I mean, like, you could finish, depending if, like, the champs, say there's, like, four sec teams in the top eight whatever like i don't know like but you could you could be like the number five team in the rankings if you're notre dame and like not make the playoff because there's a couple wild card teams there's two wild card teams ahead of you there's a bunch of conference champs below you right and like you're number five and you only have one loss and you don't make the playoff like they're not going to stand for that so there's got to be a wrinkle that guarantees them Cause like if, you know, if Florida is number three and George is number four, but Alabama's number one as the sec champ. And it's like, well, we're going to put Florida and Georgia in as the two wildcard teams ahead of Notre Dame. And there's going to be three sec teams and no Notre Dame. that was a top five team, but they don't get in because Oregon finished 12th and they won the pack 12. There's going to be a, a something that gets Notre Dame in, in that scenario that that bumps out Florida or Georgia. Cause you can tell Florida or Georgia, you should have won your freaking conference because you can't tell Notre Dame that because they're not in a conference. Well, you it couldn't happen if they were as high as fifth, cause there'd be five conference champs, the one, the non-power five. So it'd always be two at larges out there. No, I know. But like if the, if there were a bunch of bad champs, I'm just saying, right? Like you could have it be that the SEC champ is number one. The ACC champ is number two. The second best ACC, SEC team is number three. The third best SEC team is number four. Notre Dame's number five. Then the Big Ten champ. Then the oh, Pac-12 yeah. champ. Then the non-power five. Then, the, right? Like that would be weird, but they're going to protect themselves against a weird scenario where we're not going to get bumped out by a bunch of second place finishers when we have an awesome team. Because if we would have been in a conference, we probably would have won it. We're just not in a conference, so we're not getting bumped out by by the number three team yeah, in the but, SEC. But they're, Notre they're Dame not being in a, for not being in a conference. So yeah, and Notre I, Dame yeah, not being in, yeah. you have for them, and them not being in a conference just might keep the SEC honest as well. Because I you you just pointed out a scenario where you just put three SEC teams in the top six. That's going to happen at some point. That's just how that seems to work out. Some point is that at, there's going to be a year where Alabama is going to be one or two, and then like Georgia or Florida, or Georgia and LSU or whatnot will be four and six in that scenario. So it, it, that will keep that conference honest and not a situation. What do you mean pushing. keep that conference honest? 
if because you're kicking one of those teams out, you can't finish third in the SEC and and just still oh. get into the playoffs because you're in the SEC. Well, no, you could as long as Notre Dame's not involved. But yeah, I mean, a lot of years you that, that I mean, if if you if we think there's not going to be a year where it's like if we're in an 18 playoff and it's five champs, the non-power five and two wild cards, and like Notre Dame's not very good. It absolutely might be the two two SEC teams as the two wild cards for sure, but it'll help a little bit. But Notre Dame is not going to be. I mean, Nathan, if your point is like, well, then join another join a conference, Notre Dame. If you want it, it's like, well, yeah, but that hasn't happened yet, and college football has kowtowed to Notre Dame, so like they're going right. to do something. That was a lot of Notre Dame. Well, what if right. Notre Dame like, but th- but that's a wrinkle. They'll figure it out. They'll create a threshold to get them in. But I think that's what they get. That's what they get to. Nathan, do you I, agree I, with that? That'll be eight by twenty twenty three. Yeah, I think so. And I, I I only brought it up just as a reminder of this isn't as easy as us saying, well, this would be like a thing that all fits and it's fair. Like there are complications that would have to be ironed out that are that are more nuanced than just here's how a bracket would work. Right. But they'll have a lot of monetary reasons to do the ironing. You would think so. Yeah. Um, OK, I, li- I, I like I, sometimes I think you can theorize yourself down a toilet drain with this stuff but in may when there's tangible like they are talking about like this isn't just like if i could make a perfect playoff what would i do i would do relegation it's like no they're doing a thing like it's i thought it was a good time to talk about it i i i I think because i think it's gonna happen and i think we came up with some good solutions i'm surprised that the first time we ever had one of these discussions we were in the front seat of a car um at the um the on campus what's the building i'm I'm, do you remember this no we were recording we were recording the podcast in the front seat of somebody's car uh between practice sessions or something like that and we had a a conversation about playoff expansion and i was the one who was very pro expansion and you were like absolutely not like you know four is plenty uh and and who cares about these other teams and now you were the one who had the biggest playoff as your preferred version. I'm uh I'm very malleable. Um, and also I can't remember what I think. So it affects my, <laughs> it affects my opinion. I often I was, was, was in a car. I often was of the opinion of, I like a good team getting left out, right. That I, I, I kind of liked that idea that I'd rather have a good team left out than a crappy team in, but over time, it just does not make sense. If they listen, if they consolidated, and they like got rid of the big 12 and split the big 12 up between the pac 12, the big 10 and the sec. Like everybody's talked about have like four 16 team conferences. And if you said, we're going to have four 16 team conferences, make Notre Dame be in one of them. So one has 17 and that's your, that's it. That's the power four. And you just say the winner of those conference, then I'm for four. Then I'd be for four. But as long as it's square peg round hole, it's too many square pegs round holes for too long. So that's that's what I think has changed my mind on that. That it just they're splitting hairs when there's no reason to split them. You're a good team and you won your freaking conference. Why isn't that enough? So I've come I around on that. Your biggest objection was not bringing up bad non-power five teams and giving them more legitimacy. And either the eight or twelve, as it lay, is laid out, I think avoids that. Yeah, yeah, because I, I I just don't I don't want games for the sake of games. Where it's like, get ready for our playoff game. It's number two Clemson against number 15 Troy. It's a 31 point spread in a playoff game. Yeah. Doesn't make sense to me. Okay. Uh, We have some more stuff coming. I hope 
we might have some PFF guests this still the end of this week. I don't know. We got good stuff. We got Buckeye Futures uh, coming on Thursday. We appreciate you guys listening. Keep reading cleveland.com slash OSU. Try the text at 614-350-3315. For Stephen Means and Nathan Baird, I'm Doug Maurice. That was a lot of playoff discussion. And that was Buckeye Talk. <laughs>